Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles International, right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and far beyond. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and perhaps the unbelievable, New England's own Van Helsink. With me, all the way from Wales in the UK, is, of course, the gold standard in ghost hunting himself, Mr. Stephen Parsons. And purveyor of rolling equipment cases. I've just heard from our guest that she's currently trying desperately to get on Skype, so good evening, Rob. Yeah, good evening with you. From, a very, from a very stormy Great Britain, West Wales. Really? We, we have a weather bomb. Well, we have uh, sunshine here, and it's about uh, 18. It's, it's gorgeous. Cool. You out in your T-shirt, then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there you go. It's dark, it's windy, and tomorrow we're forecast 80-mile-an-hour winds. Good. Good for you. A, a balmy spring day in West Wales. Anyway. Um, anyway. Past weekend, I had the very good opportunity to investigate a mill uh, 270,000 square feet of non-heated space. It was delightful. Yeah, you have my sympathy and my empathy because uh, some years ago now, uh, Parascience uh, were involved in an investigation in the in the shipyard on Merseyside, which was, A, the building of C- where the CSS Alabama was built mm-hmm. and it also has the largest covered building in the United Kingdom where they build entire ships indoors or they used to build entire ships indoors so I know all about in, uh, this was one giant space so it didn't have any uh, separate floors so mm-hmm. you have my you have my sympathy it's uh, it's not an easy job doing a big location is that's it? that's an interesting did you say that was one open floor yeah if, if you just imagine one gigantic warehouse uh, about well, it was about 70 metres high by 300 metres long by about 150 metres wide. Mm-hmm. Yards, yards, just converted to yards. So, I mean, how would you... Big. How how would you even attempt to? I mean, you're, if you used infrared cameras, you, you certainly would fall off. The IR illuminators would fall off after a certain range anyway. So, I mean, how could you possibly cover the... Oh, evidently you didn't use cameras. Perhaps that's what it is. Well, of course we used cameras. And uh, contra- contrary to your... Um, remember, this is parascience that you're dealing with. Contrary to your uh, right. statement about, about, about the IR lighting falling off, no, we, we had special IR lighting built... Uh, long throw IR lighting that cost us hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds mm-hmm. um, that could illuminate 
out to 100, 150 metres. And by having them at uh, the one end and the midpoint, we were able to illuminate the building sufficiently. But we also, because it's parascience, we also turned on the building's own lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we used the, the main building lights as well. But it was an enormous structure. There are, there are, oh, so you had uh, electricity, unlike myself. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we're, we're dealing with an industrial site with, you know, proper, you know, uh, very high intensity. Well, you know, still active as, as a, as a uh, site. yeah, yeah. So it was nothing like nothing like, I, I on a sheer scale, yes, it was big, um, but. Uh, our difficulties were, were probably different than yours, but it was cold and very large. So uh, really, but I mean, but, cold in the UK is is what like zero degrees. Celsius. Uh, uh, there were times when it was minus Celsius, um, but we were there throughout oh, wow. the summer as well. I mean, we, we were there for we were there uh, for three years or more. So uh, hmm. we we did you know we were in t-shirts sometimes and we were in you know thermals the other times. But uh, <laughs> so so how did you? What was the difference? How did you get on with your um, large project building? I saw some of the pictures on Facebook. It was only a couple. Uh, we really haven't posted them yet. We're still going through so much, and there's so much data to collect and go through. It's it, it's just uh, you know mind-boggling. Um, Initial thoughts? Uh, it was fine. I mean, visually uh, very interesting. Uh, uh, you know, I I saw a couple of. Uh, Dark shadows, uh, and I know you're going to say that dark shadows, but it's different. Like you know, it wasn't far away. The dark shadows were close, which were interesting. One of them was right by me and out the door between Leslie and myself, solid black. And then another one was uh, in the windows, which were not windows; they were just the glass was gone on it, and uh, I thought there was someone there, but there there wasn't. Uh, so that, those were interesting, but uh, noises, of course, but a big place. But these noises were like right in front of us, smashes that we couldn't possibly figure out how they were being made. And uh, so those things on a whole were interesting. Of course, we did Glasswell, which I know you love. So uh, I, Yeah, I mean, I was going to. But the, the, the first question I was going to ask you is actually, what drew you there? Why, why did you... Uh, well, you got every cost to, to go in. Uh, the mill is being torn down, and uh, the new owners of the mill who are, are, are actually tearing it down, and um, they heard some stories from the tenants that were in there and also the person that took care of the mill. So uh, they went to my event, Spectral Evidence, in uh, Salem last October, and they contacted me from that, so that's that's how that all happened. I was just because we were we were the shipyard was still active, uh, not as a shipyard. It was it was still being used for industrial purposes, and it was the staff there that were working there at the time that were having the experiences, and they got in touch with us and said that you know could we come along and try and offer them some explanation as to what might be taking place. Right, that, uh, that, was, yeah, yeah uh, that I mean for us that turned into a three year job because of this. I mean, I, I talked about one building, but we're actually talking about a site that was. Uh, probably had an area of uh, close to a square mile uh, with multiple buildings and uh, it did you know you can't do you you can't hope to do a build you know a large-scale project 
uh, like that. So what we did is we split it up into into zones, and we just worked through each zone in turn. Right. Started out from from what the staff had said. Uh, you know, we concentrated on our activities where the reports were, working from the known, the reports that people had had given us. And then once we we got that underway, we we fanned out gradually over time. Uh, drawing in more and more experiences because obviously we were aware of um, incidents spread around the site, but you you have to you have to prioritise. You can't just we didn't have the resources when I mean, we we were a small team uh, mm-hmm. like like New England uh, and EGP, and you can't you and can't I brought extra investigators in. I know Josh Mantello came in from uh, Berkshire Paranormal to give us a hand too, so that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I say you, you, even even I mean, you could take you could probably take several hundred people and still be short-handed on some of these things. So, um, yeah, but yeah, well, then there's a point where you, they just get in the way. So, they, <laughs> believe del- me, del- at the shipyard, del- we delicate we, balance between the, the two. Oh, absolutely! But believe me, at the shipyard, we could we could happily have lost a couple of hundred people. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and you, I mean, you were given the luxury of being able to do it over a long period of time, where we yeah. were, you know, it was a one shot deal. So that was, you know, always difficult. They 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 have to be the most difficult, don't they? Because mm-hmm. you've got to try and uh, get what you can in a very limited space of time. And I think I I don't know the approach you. you, you do you try and solve all of the problems or all of the the questions? Uh, on that one visit, or do you focus on on say one or two key key aspects, and then See, just go after we those? We don't attack it that way, Stephen. We just go and uh, with basically a clean state slate. We know nothing about the place when we go in. We, we don't know want to want to know where the activity was. Which uh, it, it, I bent the rule a little bit on this one, and and wanted to find out which floor because it, we had three floors. So yeah, makes sense. limited number of cameras. So we wanted to, to saturate that one floor with uh, most of the uh, static cameras. So um, not the static cameras, the uh, uh, the ones connected to the base camp. But anyways, um, but yeah, we don't go in looking or trying to explain things. We just go in to gather uh, whatever we can gather. And then we compare that to the the stories and so forth. So it's nothing's predetermined. Um, well, no, I mean what you've just said is is exactly the same. Um, you know, we we take the team in and compare the uh, the the experiences of the team to mm-hmm. to uh, the previous witnesses. But you know, uh, uh, in such a very large location. Um, you know, yeah, you have, you, have, you have to know a little bit. There's no doubt yeah, about it. And, yeah. and what we seek to do is to say, well, there might be 10 incidences that have been reported across the location. Uh, you know, do we go after one, two, or all of them? Right. Um, what I'm going to try and do, if you can tell us about the mill a bit more, is I'm going to try and, because the guest can't seem to get in, so I'm going to try and loop her in um, via mine, see if that'll work. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to try and try and figure it out. All right, so you do that. I will talk a little bit about it. First of all, Kristen in the chat room, the Tojanet chat room, uh, asked if it was in, uh, where was she? Yes, where it was. In Maine, uh, and, and the answer was no. It was not, wasn't Maine. It wasn't Bitterford. It was in uh, Webster, Mass. And uh, it was a, about an hour and a half from here, uh, from my location. Um, huge building, 270,000 square feet. 
uh, for most part, uh, no electrical. There was some, but not in any of the areas that we were. Um, in other words, the service hadn't been totally cut off to all the building, but nothing usable. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what it was. And it was being torn apart, so you had wire and pulled out of the walls. You had, uh, you know, different uh, pieces of equipment and stuff that were cut apart and, and so forth. So um, that's kind of what it was like. It was it was big and cold, um, extremely cold, actually. It was in the, the uh, single numbers at times uh, in some of the locations. Uh, but we found out later at the end of the night we had the owner give us a little bit of uh, of uh, some of what he knew about it and some of the stuff just that night and uh, was interesting because it it, it, it kind of correlated with some of the things that we had uh, uh, picked up in some of the locations as well so th- that that was kind of interesting but I mean we have so much data and stuff to go through we really can't uh, you know, say too much other than that. Personal experiences myself, uh, you know, the shadows was a big thing for me on, on two separate occasions, uh, and one of them extremely close, uh, passing right by me into and out the door. Um, and I, I went back with uh, Leslie and I were, were leaving her room, and when it happened, and we tried, uh, you know, I used different lights and different things to see if we could make anything close to what that was, and uh, it, we couldn't do it. Um, EVPs, it seems like we got some kind of uh, uh, response to questions. Uh, we still have to analyze them, of course, and see, what, you know, what they... Uh, what we get out of those, I, I guess, is just the best way to, to say it. So, do you find you talk about you said several times? I haven't been anywhere. I've just been typing what you were talking. Um, Babylon for fall. Bab- Bab- Babylon. Um, <laughs> Babylon. Babylon. Uh, Babylon. Um, you said about the weather and how, how cold it was. Have you ever yep. found that there's a seasonal difference between loca- uh, at a location because? Over the years, we've we've discovered some locations are active more in the summer, or seem to be active more in summer than they are in 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 the winter, and vice versa. And by the way, our guest has now joined us. So, um, if you hold that thought one moment, uh, I'll introduce her. The uh, the the other co-founder, the, the the prime mover of Parascience, and uh, the recently indestructible uh, Je Suis Anne, who's just come back from Paris, was uh, chose a most unfortunate time to go, um, and PhD researcher in electronic voice communications. Hopefully, is now hooked in via Skype. Uh, hello, can you hear me? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have absolutely think. no idea how I'm making this call work. It's all to do with voodoo and magic, I think. No, you're not. You're doing well, it that, by that my sounds Skype. sounds like the paranormal, doesn't it? Voodoo and magic. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Having a very bad evening with technology. Let me try and turn the sound up a bit. Where's the sound on a Mac? <laughs> Uh, oh, there it is. I found it. It's in the yeah. top. There we F12. go. F12. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anne, you, you, yes. you, were, you were on holiday. You, you took a brief sojourn to Gay Paris. 
And Brief romantic holiday to Gay yeah. Paris. And whilst, whilst you were there, they decided to go a bit mad. And, yes, as uh, we arrived, yeah. in fact. <laughs> So, so what was it like to be in the middle of? Um, I know it's not 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 necessarily paranormal, but I think it's topical enough to ask. Uh, it's a bit strange, really, because I didn't really have anything to compare it to, if you know what I mean. So I don't know whether people were acting any differently because I don't quite know how they normally act, if you know what I mean, with it being a different culture. But it was certainly. I have never seen so many armed police and army. Um, and, of course, because we were there for the whole time that not only the shootings but also the hostages as well, we saw an enormous amount of uh, SWAT cars and armed response units and police and army and lots of people with guns. So it was all... It was all I don't quite know how to describe it, really. Uh, um, Everyone. The reason I ask is because, um, you, you know, the, investigating the paranormal, studying the paranormal is about studying human experience. And that's mm. quite a, which is, an, you know, seeing a ghost is an unusual experience. Being caught up in the middle of a, of a terrorist attack is an unusual experience. You're a psychologist. Uh, I mean, did you find that was, you know... I think what made it unusual for me was the fact that it was in a different country. Um, I've been, obviously, my husband was working in the middle of Manchester when the Arndo was bombed by the IRA and we were both in town the next day. And that was different because it was, this is my country, what are you doing to my country? Whereas it's slightly different being in a different country. So you still have the sense of what on earth are these people doing? Violence is not the answer to things. And you have great sympathy, obviously, with the families of the people who were murdered. But everyone is coming together as a country and saying we're not going to stand for this. And we were there, you know, for the minute silence and the ringing of the bells outside Notre Dame. And it was very moving. And, you know, we've, we sort of felt part of the crowd, but not quite part of the crowd because it was a different country and we were sort of on the outside almost rather than being completely in the middle of it. What I find interesting with a lot of these um, types type events that take place, um, you know, I can relate to some in, in the US, here in the UK, and now this most recent one, is how quickly the conspiracy theories and the false flag ideas come up. I mean, it's, within it's, a couple of days, there were within a couple of hours. Well, unfortunately, I was too busy dodging the police yeah. with guns at that point. No, but yes, no, no, there no, were no, people showing videos saying, "Look, the bullet hasn't hit the policeman. He wasn't actually shot. Yeah. It's all a conspiracy." And, yeah, that was literally within a couple of hours of it taking place. Is that, uh, you know, I was watching a, the, uh, a YouTube channel today called UK Column, which looks at a lot of. Well, in fact, I think he's a source of a lot of uh, these. Uh, one uh, new world order, one world government type conspiracies. Uh, this is something that, you know, it, it, it seems to have become more prevalent in recent years. We can go back to the JFK assassinations and Roswell before that. But this idea that the government uh, is not to be trusted, is that, is that relatively, uh, you know, this insecurity, is that relatively a new thing? I think it's possibly always been there. The difference is that nowadays, like you've just said, we have communication within 
seconds of something happening. So whereas before you might see on the news that something had happened and you might talk to your neighbours about it, now everyone is communicating with everyone else instantly about it. And obviously there have always been people who have come up with conspiracy theories, but you might not have heard their theories until later down the line, if at all. Um, certainly the JFK stuff is still coming out, people with new conspiracy theories, but nowadays in the connected days of the internet, everyone is instantly saying, this might not be true, look at this, this isn't right, I've analysed this. And it's almost like the ghost hunting, people are suddenly becoming instant experts on what somebody looks like when they're being shot, you know. And I yeah. find it quite hard to believe that somebody knows exactly what someone looks like when they're being shot. Well, right at the, it's funny you bring it round to ghost hunting because right at the start of the, the show, Ron and I were talking about a location that he's investigated and he said there were, there were dark shadows that passed between people. And that put me in mind of uh, the latest craze, if you like, within paranormal investigation, which I think is probably linked to social media as much as anything because we've gone through the, the orb fetish um, the old frenzy, and now it seems to be uh, black-eyed children didn't really catch on, but shadow people um, seem to have really sort of taken taken the social media world by storm, and ghost hunting likewise. I think with the shadow people, it's because it's something that people can identify with. With the black-eyed children, you're exceptionally unlikely to see anything that you can interpret as a black-eyed child, but shadow person... Everyone sees shadows, so it's very easy to project that wasn't just a shadow, that's a shadow person, and I've seen a shadow person. So is it likely that, there, Ron, do you think your experience might be explainable in terms of just seeing a shadow? Are you talking to me? Your name's Ron. You can't see me. How do you know I'm here? <laughs> I can see you shadow. <laughs> right. So, I, as far as what, I, I, I kind of uh... you zoned out. Yeah. Uh, no, I was thinking because you, you talked about shadow, and it, you know, it, shadow people are very topical. They're very current. Right. Um, right. Within ghost hunting, shadow people. And, and no, you I, didn't. You I didn't. Explain you didn't. what I saw. I didn't yes. say what they were. And I because you shadow. Yeah, because you'd zoned out, you didn't actually hear me say. Uh, when you mentioned seeing a shadow, it put me in mind of shadow people. Mm -hmm. I didn't say you said shadow. Now, did I, Anne? No, you didn't. So no. what's what's the point? Well, I was thinking. I was I was thinking because shadow people are very very common. Uh, they're very mm -hmm. they're sort of the latest buzz within the paranormal investigation. Well, actually, you, I, I guess it's uh, nude, go, nude ghost hunting, I believe, is the latest. Yeah, well, I was, I was going to ask you about that. But, I didn't sign but, up for that one. Yeah, because uh, I was, that's, that's, on, that's written down in front of me to talk about you had an email. But uh, I want to finish the shadow thing first because, right. I, because you said shadows, which I, I'm not it's, – it's not to discuss your experience, but that – of so many investigators now, when you read the reports and hear the reports, they are reporting shadow people. I, is, I, I, I know it's as common in the States as it is here in, here in the UK and Europe. I, why are people seeing these, these shadow people? It, it's, 
it's something new, something they can get excited about. I mean, why do people go ghost hunting? And you know, because that's why they go on roller coasters. They want a, a thrill. They want to be scared. It can't be good people in in hauntings. It has to be evil. It has to be nasty. We want to be scared. If it's uh, you know some little kid playing around and and is happy and everything, it, no, I can't have that. You you've got to have somebody who's miserable, somebody who is uh, evil, somebody who's a demon, somebody who's a shadow person. Uh, it's it's what we perceive. Uh, it, it's not necessarily what is really there. Yeah, but the seeds for it must must exist somewhere, mustn't they? I mean, you can't the, the just... The seeds are in Hollywood. The seeds are in TV. The seeds are in, uh, you know, in literature. Uh, it's it's in the Bible. It's it's whatever people tend to grab and accept as their reality is, is what they want to accept as their reality. But where were the... I mean, where, where are the first shadow people? Um, and how have they come about, do you think? Because it seems to have... I'll be honest, it does seem well, to I mean, be... If you Amer- saw the movie it Ghost, seems to be an American import. If you saw the movie Ghost, you, you know very well where shadow people came from. They're, they're prominent in that movie. Uh, but there have been in many, many, many movies. Yeah, but... So, and in mean, many... In literature, it is... It's, you know, it... It's everywhere. It's just it's once they get on the the TV, of course, then then they become more private. It's like the Ouija board. You know, the Ouija board originally was a family game that people played, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, it's you know the portal to hell. So it, it's what people people accept as their reality. Well, you can expect to come back at the Ouija board because we've got the movie, and also I had an email from um, a major high street. Uh, video game company uh, with a promo of a new game that's coming out uh, I think next week and uh, included in the in the packaging is a free Ouija board oh cool so uh, a, a collectible Ouija board where, where, uh, what game is this you'll have to send me the information because I want to grab that so. yeah I'm not going to mention it on air because I don't plan to to give this one any publicity but uh, <laughs> well I don't know if they give me a free copy I'll mention it on air <laughs> uh, no, I just. You I know, can be I, bought, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, I mean, you know, as a, as a parapsychologist, shadow people is, you know, have, have we ended up in this situation? Well, it's always the what's going to be the next thing that I can say that I have experience of, isn't it? Um, like the orbs. Everyone could see orbs, so everyone felt part of that community of I can see ghosts, I can see orbs. And it's something else that everyone can say, yes, I've experienced that. The fact that it may not be paranormal at all is incidental, really, to the people who are experiencing jumping here. I think a lot of it, yes. I mean, some of it, I think, is bandwagon jumping. Another is people who don't understand the subject, who immediately they hear it and go, oh, I'm sure I experienced something like that. And then they then get caught up in it and it gets bigger and bigger and suddenly they're saying, my house is haunted, I've got terrible evil demons and mm. I'll get a, I'll get a note, K2 meter out. And... No, we're just going to have to take a break because you've just scared the tar out of me. So anyways, you're listening <laughs> to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojinet. Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Ghost Channel, the Hack Shack, or whatever else noises and things come on. We'll be right back after the following messages. 
Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Mysterious and spooky, they all talk ugly gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. Greetings and felicitations. I am Ron Kolek, New England's own Van Helsing. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell. And we're here at the elegant Benford Hall, the Downton Abbey of Venice. And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you. To tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. On Tokenet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal. You can even listen live on your smartphone with your tune-in app. I'll catch the podcast on iTunes. And now, time for two. And we're back live uh, following that rather convincing rendition of a British stately home tea party in the afternoon. Our guest tonight is the other half, the clever half of Paris Science and Winsper. And before the break, we were doing Shadow People, but immediately after the break, I believe, Ron, you've been asked to volunteer to undertake ghost hunting au naturel. Well, uh, if if it's anything like this in the UK, most paranormal groups uh, will get these letters from producers all the time for some half-assed show they're putting together. Well, this one evidently is a full-assed show because it is a uh, naked ghost hunting show. Uh, there is no clothes. But I have been told that they will blur your private parts out, so that's the good thing. 
Uh, okay. I'm actually lost for words. <laughs> well, you know, when, when I first when I first saw the email, I thought they pinched my idea because a couple of years ago I actually did an event in Portsmouth, uh, which we called the Naked Ghost Hunt, right. um, which was entirely naked of equipment, not naked of clothing, mm-hmm. but. I've, I've, you sent me a copy of this email today, and I've seen quite a few other U.S. investigators also reporting this this same um, phenomena. Uh, <laughs> contact, I was going to say. I mean, you know, how, how low can they go? How far will they go in their desire to make programming? Well, we we have a show on TV uh, in the U.S. called Naked and Afraid, and uh, it's doing very well. It basically they take a, a female. And they take a male who don't know each other, and they drop them off in Borneo or something, totally naked. And they must survive for 21 days and go to the drop-off place. I mean, the uh, uh, place where they take them off. So they have to survive for 21 days naked and afraid they have. So they decided to just go to the next level. They figure that if we get rid of all our clothes, they won't get in the way of our uh, serious ghost investigating. The thing is, though, I, I was reading that email because you forwarded it to me today. If you pull up a copy, there was some. There was some. Um, in fact, I'll pull up a copy if you don't mind. Um, it, it was the wording of it um, mm-hmm. because they they were trying to justify the the. Oh, yeah. yeah, we are following this concept because we want to see if uh, people get different readings than then then do when what. I mean, the research in the road is illiterate. Then, then, do when you are clothed. You know, it's like the show is is not about putting a bad light, causing drama or making fun of the paranormal. And this is the bit that got me. The idea was brought to our company after research on paranormal investigation teams in history doing it in the nude. Really? Which ones? I missed well, that. that's that's it's it's a line in the email that got me thinking. I, so I spent uh, uh, some time today looking through uh, the archive and looking through the shelves, uh, and do you know I cannot find any mention anywhere uh, of anybody ever. Um, well, I guess you could kind of stretch it if you. Uh, you know there are certain there are certain druids and coverings that that do uh, contact the spirits uh, while naked, so maybe they just are including those in that uh, research. I'm not sure. It actually looks. I like can't it. speak for them. No, but their idea, the idea was brought to our company after research on paranormal investigation teams in history doing it in the nude. Mm-hmm. And we want to see if their reasonings for doing it in the nude really do get spirits to communicate easier. I'll tell you what, Chrissy Glickman, the sender of this email, as a researcher, the first thing you need to do is finish high school and learn how to write English and spell properly. <laughs> But nonetheless, is, is, is it is it the Queen's English or, or uh, George Washington's English? It's not any English, unless George Washington was an illiterate dyslexic. No, I don't think so. Well, there you go. It, so, Chrissy Glickman, if you're listening to the show, go back to high school. So, will Ian be volunteering for this? I can assure you, I will not <laughs> be volunteering for this. 
Um, I'm still slightly stunned at the idea of this. What on earth difference would it make whether you've got your clothes on or not? Do people who see ghosts, are they always naked? I think not. Very few. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fairly sure that the times I've been with Steve and we've seen a ghost, we've been completely fully clothed and usually with woolly hats and gloves on as well. Mm. The the only thing I could think of when I was looking at this idea of ghost hunting in the nude was the eternal question of why do ghosts have clothes? Yeah. So, yeah well. so, so maybe that's the driving force behind this. You know, the ghosts will feel more comfortable because the ghosts won't have to don their ghostly clothing. But so I'll the poor what, ghosts have not only got to put up with people yelling at them, shouting at them, trying to provoke them, but waving their bits at them as well. If I was a ghost, I'd be well gone. The scary part is, instra- yeah, it brings a whole new meaning to the uh, phrase that's used so often in ghost hunting, we mean you no harm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Actually, it's just struck me that there's some very disturbing aspects to this um, because an awful lot of people, when they go out ghost hunting, contact children. And I'm... Yeah, yeah, it very much bothers me, a group of people charging round with no clothes on, Mm. pretending it's a scientific Mm -hmm. method of contacting the deceased. The thing that intrigued me, you said before about, you know, the shock horror of it all, but do you know what? They're not going to have any difficulty fulfilling... um... Well, I will certainly let you know, Steve. Uh, There will be be queues of people wanting to do it, and there will be a huge audience for it. Well, it will be a huge... Well, I, when I was over in America last September, I did actually catch that Naked and Afraid. I watched uh, about 20 minutes of it. And do you know what? You cannot watch those programmes. It's got nothing to do with the nudity. It's entirely due to the blurring effect uh, that, that Ron's absolutely right with what he said. They do blur out all of the important bits. Uh, it's like watching a television programme through a, va- a very badly focused pair of glasses. And if you can make five minutes without getting a splitting headache, uh, you know, they're, they're completely unwatchable. But people will be, will be queuing up um, at the casting... Uh, I was going to say the casting couch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you may be more right than you think. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are ghost hunters who would... Here in the UK and in the States, sell their, sell their parents, grandparents and children probably to get on television. Well, I was thinking, though, it, it might it actually might be good, for instance, if, uh, you know, we did that mill uh, in the freezing cold, then it would be kind of like a unisex investigation. Uh, <laughs> a eunuch investigation, if it was. Yeah, like. pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But, I mean, how how far will uh, it, where's it going? No, it's not. It's not progressing along the lines of scientific discovery and trying to find out what ghosts are. It's going along the lines of pure entertainment and what can we do next to top the last show? And that's got to be bad for the field, surely. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, you and I have talked about this, and I know Ron and I have talked about this. I, my personal view is that that's sensible paranormal investigation, credible paranormal investigation is now dead uh, killed off by by media you, and by, you do by know media. what the next show will be, right? What's that? I dread they to will, think 
they will absolutely find someone who's terminally ill and bring a bunch of ghost hunters to accompany that person to the other side. And hopefully the person will come back and be able to communicate with these ghost hunters. I will guarantee you that will approach somewhere. Damn, I've just put a red line through that idea to write to Channel 4 that I penned a few hours ago. No, you're absolutely right. You're quite right. We've already had a couple of programmes on telly of actually watching people die. So, yeah, that's the next step, isn't it? There are no limits anymore, are there, on our voyeuristic attitude to to these human experiences. And, you know, and you're now, you know, a proper parapsychologist. We've got no credibility. Uh, amateur research has no credibility, does it? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how do the professional parapsychologists see the amateurs nowadays? Well, the problem is... Um... It's a small selection of the amateurs who are doing the actual proper field work. They can't do the work because they've got no credibility. You've only got any credibility at all if you're a parapsychologist or an anomalistic psychologist, but they're not the ones who can do the proper field investigation. So we're really in a bit of a hole with paranormal investigating at the moment. Is there a future in it, though? I would like to hope there is. Um, I think all we can do is keep plugging away. Unfortunately, we don't get the cases anymore, which makes life a lot more difficult, and I'm very reluctant to keep things laboratory-based because that doesn't replicate what happens in the field. So I think we've got to try and make it work, but it's very, very difficult to do. Ed and Steve, you should come over here because I am getting flooded with cases uh, and I would be more than happy to share the load with you. Well, I see that that makes me envious, but a little bit concerned at the same time because uh, envious from the point of view that if effectively um, we don't get the caseload, as Anne said, uh, we are really struggling to 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 find viable cases to investigate but this idea that the number of people reporting and that's certainly you you pick that up every day in the media that our our, our newspapers um are full of people i have a ghost but Mm -hmm. how many of them is is that just a cry for attention because over here what what actually happens they don't want a ghost investigator what they actually want is a tv psychic in a newspaper to turn up because what what they're after is their five minutes of fame Nah, it's not so much. I, I can absolutely uh, tell you that there uh, th- there are people, and I don't know if it has to do with television and uh, movies and so forth, but are, that are really absolutely concerned and absolutely frightened of what's going on, and, uh, and a lot of children involved. So it makes it really, really sad, and it, it's a difficult situation. As, as Anne would know, being a psychologist, uh, how do you deal with this? It's and there's so many amateurs out there. Uh, and I hate that word amateur. I'll take that back. There are there's so many people doing this that perhaps don't have the the proper qualifications to handle the situation. So apart from very vulnerable people, I feel that we've actually gone past that stage now in this country. We've gone past the people who were very frightened and needed help. And as Steve says, nowadays it's, oh, I've got a ghost, I might get on telly. And plus, again, we're suffering because of the internet generation. 
people will say, come round, look at me ghost, tell me what it is. And if you say, well, actually, it's going to take us possibly 12 months and we want to come back and we want to look at things and you need to keep a diary, people don't want to do that now. They want an answer now. Is this a ghost? Tell me now. And we'll be tired you if it isn't what... uh, uh, And we'll be tired you if it isn't what they already think it is. Yes. Because they don't want to hear it's not a ghost or it's the plumbing. Oh, this is true. I mean, you're absolutely true about that bit, but... uh, there people there are i mean to be honest with you and i'm not i'm not trying to say anything i'm just trying to tell you that uh i'm constantly bombarded by people that are genuinely scared and uh some of them don't want any publicity whatsoever and, and a lot of them have children involved and and it's a really a difficult situation to mm. to deal with this uh I'm wondering because I'm wondering if there's a cultural. There obviously is a cultural difference between the US and the UK, but mm-hmm. America is still a very much more uh, religious society than than the UK. Um, yeah. There are very many more churchgoers in America of you know multi faiths, uh, whereas over here in the UK we're we're more uh, secular. We we don't we don't. We don't go to church quite as often. Um, And I'm wondering whether that religious aspect plays harder onto, or, or, you know, that belief in in a greater being plays harder into the. I'm waffling here like a parapsychologist now. <laughs> we'll turn you into one, yes. <laughs> but whether you know, because America is more religious than the UK now, uh, they're still they you know they they're more likely to believe that something is is threatening, is evil, is demonic, is is even there. Whereas over here, we're more like now, you know. I think people have their own form of religion now. Instead of following organised religion, they come up with their own idea of what religion is and they are more in control of it. So instead of being, oh, I'm frightened of that, it's a demon and heaven and hell and that, they're creating their own version of it, which they're not frightened of. Hmm, That's interesting. I mean, how many people have we spoken to who have got their own ideas about spirit and the spirit world and how things work? And they are creating these things to to suit themselves. That's well, I, fine. It, it helps them and all the rest of it, but yeah, they but the are prob- far more in control but, of that. Yeah, but the problem is they then, they, then, they then do send us an email with a picture attached to it and then ask us what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they but they want us to confirm what they think it is, don't they? <laughs> yeah, but then they get cross out there. Yes, that is not a ghost. How, how, how do, how do uh, the US, you know, when you did get called to a case, Ron, in the US, how do the, how do the, the homeowners take it when you offer them uh, an explanation that may not be in line with, with they're their... Only, they're only to- take what they want. You, you better they, understand that. Yeah, but do you not find that they they kind of resent it when you say you haven't got a ghost or a demon and you've you just got bad plumbing? <laughs> I mean, we we give them whatever explanation we have and we give them what we can't explain. Uh, but we're not going to tell them that they have a ghost or whatever. I mean, I might have a, a be honest with you, and, and I'm sure Anne is going to cringe. I, I might bring an medium with me, and she might tell them something, but that's. What she's telling—that's not what I'm saying—is there or whatever. I mean, that's 
what it is. Um, but no, I was specifically asking when when you tell them what it is, you know, what you what you your findings. Mm-hmm. If those findings are not in line with what they their preconceived ideas might be, do you find that they become resentful of you or no, or, not at all, no? not at all. I don't find that. They just accept what they want to accept and, and don't accept what they don't want. It's very simple. I mean, it's and, – and we never – I mean, no. It's, I don't find that. Let's put it that way. Oh, well, that, that's something we, we are different over here. They, 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 they might nod and smile when you're saying it, and then they'll call your names behind your back, or they might just but, start a straight argument with you about it. You've you got to remember, too, Steve, that I'm very selective what cases I take. Um, I don't think selectivity make, makes any difference. I think, well, if I think were, it does. I think it does. Well, if a case is viable, it's viable, but you, you can't, you know, you, you can't mitigate against somebody who's just plain argumentative and doesn't want to hear what you want to tell them, what you've got to tell them. So you don't take those. It's simple as that. Yeah, but if somebody asks you for an explanation, you honestly, I think ethically and morally, you have to give them the best explanation you can, regardless of what their beliefs are. Exactly. Well, you can't say, well, I'm not going to do your... I'm not going to come and do your house because you don't believe, you know, the same as me, because you're a believer. No, I, 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 That's I the thing. If I, if I find out that they are going to be competitive, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. If I find out that they know what's there, and, and I, I wouldn't deal with it. Um, you don't need me if you know what's there. I mean, why why should I go in? Simple. Um, but, but you know, once again, I, I do get so many cases that I'm very selective with them, and and you know, I I use I, you know, I use my judgment, and and that's what it is. But let's talk about Anne because we're running out of time, and I wanted to see how her uh, research is going on her uh, EVPs. Uh, it's going okay. I am absolutely buried under statistics at the moment, but I am still desperate for participants. So if anyone pops along to our website at www.parascience.org.uk, there is a little email address there where you can email me and take part in the research. And it's quite again, painless. <laughs> do, you, do you have to be in the UK to take part in this research? No, you don't. There is a section of the research where you do need to be, but the first two parts, you can be anywhere in the world to take part. It's simply questionnaires. And moreover, as I understand it, when I come over in September, I'll be bringing some printed copies for people yes. to fill in uh, during Spirit Quest and any other events so they can, they can do it uh, later in the year so we, we can grab more people as well that way. Why does an ant come over and she can do it first ant? Dead silence. <laughs> no, because that question wasn't. I can't answer that question. Why does Nan come over? Um, why does Nan come over? Oh well, it all depends on whether I win the lottery in the next few weeks. Uh, there you go. So that's one. Wait a minute. Don't you, can't you get some kind of grant? I've just spent all my money being shot at in Paris. Yeah, can't you get a grant for that? You know. No. I'm sure it's very difficult to get grants. Well, what I was thinking, I'm sure that so many of those ghost hunting groups in the UK will take up a collection to get rid of you. I mean, to bring you over. (laughs) We could do, do, yeah, here we go. Right, this week's uh, crowdfunding event uh, appeal is on behalf of Anne Winsper. 
to uh, get her to America to hand out her own questionnaires. <laughs> we did crowdsourcing the other week, didn't we? Oh, um, I, I think that would be honest. You, I would, I, I would be enthralled to see you and Steve. Uh, do a uh, proper parascience investigation over here. And I'm sure there are people who would pay to go to it and be part of it. So, most people pay to get off our events. Yeah. Well, it's not an event. It would be a, you know, a, a look into how parascience uh, does things. And, 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 I, and I think it, you know, it would be successful uh, because we are looking for and trying to learn, at least some people are anyways, in the United States, uh, uh, new methods and, and proper methods, if you want to say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's something to keep in mind. But you don't have to be naked either. So that's good. Tell you oh, what, that put, well, that, and that reminds me of, uh, of a, a, another, it sort of links with the TV stuff as well, because some years ago we got contacted by a television company, and the idea was that uh, Parascience would be um, in a ghost hunt, a live ghost hunting show against a team of psychics. And that the Ooh, audience, look at yeah. that. So you had the science team versus the psychic team. Now, psychic when the versus science, oh, you're going to steal it from my good friend Richard Felix, I see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now this was this. The idea was that they were going to take a location over several nights, and uh, a, a team, a science orientated team, was going to investigate the location alongside a psychic organi- uh, team, and the television audience would vote on whose investigation they thought was the best. Um, interesting. Now, I immediately, I immediately refused. Wait a minute. Interestingly, you say that. I remember on, I think it was Spirit Quest 2, uh, we did this uh, Paranormal Survivor where two groups without one led by you and one led by me, and we did just that. Yeah, and you won because you cheated, yeah, which, well. is what, which, which is the reason why immediately the idea came in and I spoke to Anne. We declined because what would happen is we are working against people's beliefs intrinsically mm-hmm. and that people watching that sort of program generally are more inclined to believe. And uh, we all know that if you put up a ghost hunter against a psychic, the ghost hunter, will, uh, the psychic will always outsell the ghost hunter. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and so there was no point in us going on the show because we would have been outvoted and would have lost spectacularly. But let me ask you this. Is, is it more important to you stick to your principles or to win or lose? I mean, if uh, you went out... We're and, not that and, desperate. Well, I'll be honest. We're not desperate to go on television. Um, okay. we, would, we would have gone on television had the format of the show allowed us to demonstrate our methods in an accurate uh, manner. But what they were actually after was us to do some experiments and then have the, 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 public, the public vote on them, basically. Yeah. So uh, that is not a representation of an accurate investigation. However, you know, like the Japanese TV documentary is a true, true documentary. We are able to represent ourselves accurately. Excellent. And that was the pizza bell. So it was. Pizza from the Dead's here, and I can't believe it. We have so much more to talk about. Well, let's run for another hour then. There you go. I, I never even got a chance to tell you all about the catacombs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And on next week's show, our guest is Anne Winsper. Um, <laughs> <talking all> about... <laughs> Live from the catacombs. 
It could be done, maybe. I did from the cannibal comes one or the other. <laughs> we will get you back very soon, then. Yes, I will look forward to it. And I, I, I uh, want to thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, it's always a pleasure. And I hopefully, uh, I'm trying to figure a way I can help you with your. Uh, your thesis, uh, whatever it is. I almost said feces. That was bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm yeah. going off you. When ha- I meet you, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> Are we having fecal ghost hunting next? Then? Yeah, that could be next. <laughs> Who knows, you know? <laughs> anyway, somebody will think that if you cover yourself with it, you'll be uh, visible to ghosts or invisible to ghosts, so I don't know. No, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I was going to say, Ian, what events you have coming up, but I don't think you have any, do you? <laughs> uh, no, just everyone go and visit the website and sign up to take part in my study. I will be very grateful and you will be helping take forward the field of parapsychology. And you might see shadow people afterwards as a way of showing us gratitude. Really? Is no. that true? No, I'm lying. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. And Steve, anything you want to add? You still uh, no, there are still tickets available for uh, a very rare parascience public event on February the seventh here in West Wales at the hardly investigated Pembroke Castle. Very good. And then we got to say goodbye now. Goodbye. Go to your website. Go to your website, which is yeah. Give the, 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 I can't remember www.parascience.org.uk. There you go. And always see us at anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. So it's time to wrap it up. Say good night and God bless everyone. Good night and God bless everyone. Bye. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck. Have you heard?